0: All right, welcome back to Dynasty Kings episode 3. My name's Luke. The other ugly guy's name is Kyle. And today we're going to talk to you about all things rookie going into the upcoming NFL draft. But before we get there, news just broke that Rob Gronkowski has been traded from the Pats to the Buccaneers and is coming out of retirement to play with Brady one more time.
1: Kyle, why don't you lead us off with your thoughts? I think it's just crazy, man. Honestly, I, I'm not sure I could put it into enough words. Um, I'm beginning to think that Andrew Luck's just going to somehow appear and start playing for the Colts again. It just it blows my mind. I'd already heard Dez Bryant is probably coming back to the Cowboys, so it just seems like it just seems like it's in the air right now or something like that. Maybe it's got everybody being you know so stir crazy at home they don't know what to do with themselves so they want to come out of retirement I think it definitely continues to legitimize the Buccaneers I still have a lot of doubts about that team on defense and on offense but if he's going to play with Brady I wouldn't be surprised if he played another two seasons now
0: yeah you know what I think this is super interesting I'm not surprised I don't think that Gronk's mentality meshed well with the Belichick regime yep
1: I think he was ready to be out by the end 100%. 100%. I think he was just looking for a
0: reason to get out. And I think it, if it wasn't going to be Brady going somewhere else, it was going to be Edelman going somewhere else that would have brought him out. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that uh, O.J. Howard's value just plummeted, it plummeted down the toilet. I hope that he's about to get traded because if you're an owner of O.J. Howard and you were expecting a bounce back week, you're screwed or bounce back year, you're screwed. You're done. donezo.
1: Yeah, done.
0: And you know what, I will say this though. This is the most concerning news is I thought Gronk was like a WWE champion right now. Yeah, what I guess goes what happened?
1: I have no idea. I guess I guess he's just done with that now. I'm not sure. I cuz the I I very much doubt that he'll be able to do anything as far as wrestling goes because they won't let him because he'll have things in his contract where it says he can't compete in other sports and stuff, obviously because of injuries. You know what I mean? I know in the NHL, they don't even let you go skiing during the season because they don't want you to get hurt.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm actually, I'm quite shocked. I always said from the get-go that there's two guys that I believe that could easily migrate into that type of WWE atmosphere. And it was Conor McGregor and Rob Gronkowski Mm -hmm. and honestly I thought this was a long time coming and one of his good buddies is already in the WWE Mojo Rawley and I thought it was just a matter of time before he signed that contract and he was fighting for a real championship but it looks like now he's going back for his fourth Super Bowl
1: yeah I, I don't know what to make of Tampa yet I want to see how they draft this year Um, more than anything else. But no matter what, it makes the situation over there interesting. And we don't want to get too, uh, you know, off topic uh, because, you know, this whole conversation is supposed to be on rookies, but we just wanted to make sure we at least brought that up because I know every single one of my group chats is going insane and has been going insane since this news broke. Yeah, this is is
0: huge. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing that sucks is that wherever Gronkowski goes, his annoying-ass brothers go along with them. <laughs> and I am sorry. That is the worst football family in America. I'm talking worse than the Mannings. I'm talking worse than the Watts. That football family stings. Capital P, poop. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, now without the distractions, we are here to talk about rookies going into the 2020 draft, and the most important position, I think, for any team is quarterback. So let's start out with our favorite rookie quarterbacks. Going into the draft, Kyle, why don't you start us off?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm going to talk about Joe Burrow first. Uh, he's actually not my favorite rookie quarterback in the class, but that's okay. He's going to be the first one to go, so I want to talk about him first. There's a lot of people who need quarterbacks right now. Um but in my opinion, there's only two places where he really ends up, and it's either with Cincy or Miami. There's really nobody else who has a chance to get this guy because he's going to be the first overall pick. And there are rumors that Miami might trade up with Cincy to grab him, um, but you know, he's got the prototypical build. He's 6'4", 216. He had one of the greatest seasons in college football history. I think everybody probably knows that. Uh, I wrote a note here. He's got a swagger on $100 million, and I mean that. The guy is just cool, calm, and collective. When you get into to the big moments, I don't even think it phases him. When he's on the biggest stages, I mean, it doesn't even look like it's fair. I mean, he really is something special. I just, think what people have to realize, though, with him, is I'd be a little hesitant on him just because it's really only one year of good production. So with that I mean I'm not doubting the guy's skill don't get me wrong but we've seen this in the past when people have been one hit wonders in college and it hasn't always translated and uh, you know some pros of his game he's extremely accurate he's a great pocket passer and he's got a great head on his shoulders Uh, some of the cons he doesn't really have the deep ball arm strength that a lot of these guys have in the draft I'm just not sure if he's going to be able to adjust to an NFL offense he basically lived primarily out of the shotgun like his entire career in LSU so we'll see how he can adjust, but I like his potential and he has to be the first quarterback we talk about.
0: I think so too. You know what? I, I'm, I'm the type of guy, I'm a very conservative, like when I scout my players, I'm very conservative about how I labeled them. My biggest issue with Joe Burrow is that he only ever started one year. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's probably the best season any quarterback has ever played. I'd put him up there with Vince Young and uh, Terrell Pryor, you know, for great quarterbacks to come out of college. I think he did exceedingly well. He is built prototypically to be a great quarterback. And I think you'll see that along as we talk about more of these guys going in. My only issue with Joe Burrow is that can he overcome his mediocre arm at the next level? Can he make those big plays in tiny pockets down the field with an arm that I wouldn't necessarily say is elite, unlike some of the other guys in this draft?
1: Yeah. I think that's a legitimate concern, but I think at the same notion, there's been a lot of guys who've come into the league who have proven you don't need the best arm in the world to succeed. I think Drew Brees is a, a very good example of that. I don't think anybody would say Drew Brees has the best arm in the league, but he's so accurate, especially in like the intermediate passes, that he's, he, you can't stop him when he's on the field because he just can constantly move the chain with the 15 to 20 yards. Occasionally he'll take the top off, don't get me wrong, But I'm just saying that's, like, that would be somebody I would maybe try to compare Burrow to. I'm not saying he's going to be Drew Brees, so nobody put words in my mouth. I'm just saying I see that type of, like, pocket passer mentality he has.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's a good point that you did make that, like, that could help overcome that arm issue. I will say, though, something that people don't talk about Joe Burrow enough is his ability to make plays with his feet, too. Mm -hmm. He is, you know what, he is very confident in the pocket. But when he has to leave that pocket, that guy can not only make plays with his arm, but he can also run to make plays. I think he's very, I think he's very good, if not one of the best prospects, on making plays with his feet. I would compare his ability to scramble to a guy like Jameis Winston. Whereas, you know, you watch Jameis, he doesn't scramble a lot, but when he does, it's effective. Yeah. He gets yards. He doesn't do it. Unless he has to, and when he does, he does it well. I think that's what Joe Burrow is going to be like coming into this league.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that comparison. Um, I definitely enjoy him, don't get me wrong. And his senior year was so fun to watch more than anything else. You know what I mean? I just think I have high hopes for the guy, but we'll see what happens. I'm just saying sometimes when these guys just have one big, huge year, just be a little cautious on it. Because in my opinion, the next guy we're about to talk talk about is the guy you should take first.
0: Yep, and the next guy, as you said we're talking about, is the guy everybody was tanking for not more than a year ago, Tua Tegavoloa. Now, if I butchered his last name, I apologize to him. Frankly, I don't give a damn. That
1: was pretty good. I didn't want to handle him because of that last name. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
0: in my opinion, he probably did collectively over his two years of full starting have one of the best colleges college careers ever.
1: Yeah, easily.
0: You know? When Hertz, uh, when Hertz got injured in the finals, he came in, won them the game, started another Crimson Tide dynasty for them, I, I'd say. I think as a lefty especially, he does have one of the best arms coming into the draft, unlike Joe Burrow, who is the like, guy we all assume who's going first overall. I think he does have amazing footwork. The guy moves crazy. His hip movements are incredible. And you know what? He is smart. Regardless of what, now we get into his cons, his WonderLick score said. You know, in the when when you do your when you do your draft combine, you have to write a test. Just to test like your your common knowledge, how smart you are with all your school and whatnot. He rumors came out last week that he placed a 13. Now, he actually placed a 19. However, that's still not very great. So now questions are being called into his intelligence. Will his intelligence off the field translate into on the field intelligence? I personally don't think so. But it's now starting to raise red flags with GMs. I think another thing to talk about here is his injuries. He's had some pretty serious injuries in the past. He's had a couple surgeries now. Not only including that concussion that he suffered, he could be one of the best quarterbacks we've seen come out of the draft in a very long time. But he could also be a guy who's out of the league in three years because he could never stay healthy.
1: Yeah, I think it could go either way. There's an important thing to know. I think one of the craziest things when I was really looking into him over the last few months is he has a career touchdown to interception ratio of 8 to 1, which in my opinion was just mind-blowing. And I think that a lot of the things that are coming out about about Tua really, it just seems fabricated to me. I almost feel like somebody's putting – A little fluff in the air. And I don't want to point fingers at anybody. Bill Belichick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That really hurt because now we're hearing rumors, you know, about the Patriots maybe drafting them. So, you know what? In my opinion, he's the best talent in the draft. Like, hands down, I think he's the best quarterback talent in the draft. I don't want to say best talent because we're going to talk about somebody later on who is the best talent in the draft at a completely different position. But in my opinion, you can't go wrong with the guy. Obviously, there's some injury risks, but I think people would be silly to overlook the guy. And now I'm hearing, you know, this next guy that we're going to talk about um, might somehow get taken before him, which in my opinion would be foolish. I'm not saying I dislike the guy at all. I just think when you look at Tua and you look at a guy like Justin Herbert, there's a difference in my opinion. And Justin Herbert is a very Uh good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a natural born leader. I think he's proven that from day one. He's a very consistent player as well. He had very good back-to-back seasons. Uh, He has got a huge arm. He can extend plays and scramble when he needs to. I think the one thing I would say about him, you know, I think there's a little bit of a lack of trust in what the field gives him. And I think down the stretch, especially in his last season, he was very disappointing in his play. Uh, I just wrote a note here, you know, the last four games, he only threw 800 yards, he had a 60% completion percentage, four touchdowns and three interceptions, and a 65 QBR. And that was against tougher competition. So it showed maybe, you know, when something gets tougher, is Herbert going to have the ability to take an offense to the next level? Now, I have no idea. I can't answer those questions off the fly. But I just think it's important to note that.
0: Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you. He has shown signs... Of making poor decisions
1: mm-hmm.
0: in bigger moments. I do think I agree with you when you say he is a natural born leader. I definitely think Justin Herbert is a natural born leader. And and what's very important to notice is, is that over his career at Oregon, every year he became more handsome <laughs> as he went. And if he continues to develop in his handsomeness levels, <laughs> I think we could be talking about a great quarterback as I've said previously, I think your level of attractiveness plays into how good. Of a I still quarterback don't believe
1: in this theory, but I'm going to let it slide just so we can see based on this draft how this goes because it's a pretty good looking draft class. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Two was a decently looking guy. I mean, Joe Burrow is a pretty good looking guy. I'm not. I'm you know. I'm not complaining about any of these guys. Maybe they'll all be stars. <laughs> They could be, you know, they could be, you know, I still think that the way
0: your face looks, you know, puts some perspective on how well of a quarterback you will be. I am going to find science to back this up, but I am telling you just how, like, in how I met your mother, they have the craziness to hot scale. We have, this is our, this is our handsomeness to production scale. (laughs) Okay. So I think there's a correlation between how handsome you are as an NFL quarterback to how good you are on the field. But you know, I think Justin Herbert could be the exception to that. He could become ugly possible and then play poorly. You know, as we talk stats wise though, I look at his stats. None of his stats are pop off the page for college quarterbacks. You know, he was definitely Productive with the ball in his hands, but I wouldn't say that it was necessarily eye-popping. Like when you look at guys like Tua, or you look at guys like Joe Burrow. What I see with Herbert is in his last year, in 2019, he had 3,400 yards for 32 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. And he averaged 8.1 yards per throw. You know what? In in the NFL, that would be very respectable. The NFL, that's pro-bowl caliber playing, if you ask me. However, in college, that's very conservative. When you look at Tua's last season, granted, he he didn't finish it because he was injured. But even in the games he played, he had 2,800 yards for 33 touchdowns, three interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 206.9. Those are eye-popping stats, to say the least. I don't know if Justin Herbert is that eye popping
1: guy i I would agree with that but again i'll say it again um consistency is the one thing i see in the guy so maybe you know he doesn't really need to be all that for a certain team you know and i'm not saying he's a bad talent don't get me wrong but you see a lot of these guys in the nfl who maybe aren't the most jaw-dropping talent but can get the job done like we talked about last episode we talked about jared goff he doesn't have to be sensational but as long as he can lead the ball down the field and, you know, Herbert's already showed he's pretty good at minimizing errors. I think that's sometimes only the only thing the team needs as far as landing spots for Herbert, just cause I, I don't think he's going to go in the earlier top five, but who knows? I think he's more of a Raiders uh, slash maybe I guess if Washington trades back, I could see it. I could see Detroit taking a crack at him as well. I don't think Detroit, I, if I'm Detroit, I couldn't view Matthew Stafford as that much longer uh, as far as a lifespan goes, he really can't stay healthy at this mm-hmm. point either. So I think that's somebody who to keep in mind. And obviously uh, I think the Jaguars too, just in case, I don't know how they feel about Minchu, honestly, but I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they took somebody, but let's, uh, let's uh, move on to our next guy, Luke. Yep.
0: So the next quarterback we're going to talk about, and this is a controversial yep. guy. This is a guy. A lot of people are high on. And a lot of people are like, this guy's going to screw the pooch. And that's Jordan Love out of Utah State. You know, he's built pretty well for a quarterback. He's six four, two 225 pounds. He runs well. He has great legs. Uh, he's super confident. I think he has the nicest spiral in this year's draft class. He has a very tight spiral. It is very eye-catching. I think you could compare him in in past drafts to guys like Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. A lot of people really like this guy. But a lot of people aren't sure if this guy is going to develop. And nobody's really sure where he belongs in the draft. Is he a lottery pick? Is he a top 10 pick? Is he a bottom of the first rounder? Or is he a day two pick? Nobody really knows. He's extremely raw. The guy needs a lot of time to put it all together. He really regressed in his senior year at Utah State. He only threw for 3,400 yards and a TD interception ratio of 20 to 17, which is not great in the college ball scheme. However, with his great arm, his fantastic spiral, and his confidence, I do think he can potentially be something in the NFL given he has the time to produce. I think the teams that are best to go after him are the Pats, the Raiders and Minnesota are my top three guys to go get him. I think you look at the Pats, they need Jared Stidham. They don't know if he's the future. He could be, but we don't know. I think you bring in Jordan Love, at least that brings some competition to the table. And if you spend a day to pick on Jordan Love, you're the Patriots. Doesn't really matter. You're going to find somebody at Footlocker to work <laughs> out. I think you talk about the Raiders because the Raiders are probably have one of the most uncertain quarterback situations in the league. Nobody knows if it's Carr or Mariota or if it's neither. I think you bring in Jordan Love. You let him sit behind two veteran quarterbacks who have had high high ups in their career and high high lows in their careers, and he could learn a lot from them and potentially take the best from both of them and become a great quarterback for Las Vegas. Lastly, I say Minnesota for myself because I think Minnesota can't trust Kirk Cousins in the long-term future. I think he's the pinnacle of mediocrity. I don't think he has an amazing arm. I don't think he has a great field IQ. He can't run the ball, so he doesn't possess a lot of things that you look for in an NFL quarterback. But I do think he could groom a guy like Jordan Love into becoming something great. Not to mention, the Vikings are on such a cap strain that if they can fill a guy into the quarterback position, they can dump Kirk Cousins, they can use that to
1: get Mm -hmm. better at other positions. And sign a guy like Dalvin Cook who probably deserves the money more. 100%. 100%. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins can't play in the
0: NFL. He definitely can but Minnesota right now is built to go to the playoffs. And I don't know if Kirk Cousins is the guy to lead them to yeah, the promise. I
1: couldn't life. agree more. I mean, as far as it goes with love, he's it's, it's just – All over the map, and I didn't like Josh Allen coming out of college, and now he's my quarterback, and now I love the guy. So I want to save any hate I have for Jordan Love and push push it to the side because I wasn't open-minded in the past for a guy like this, and it burned me pretty bad because I think Josh Allen has a bright future in the NFL, and I think most people probably think that as well. I think there's definitely some concerns with the guy. Uh, deep ball accuracy is a bit of a mess. Only 31 percentage of passes he's completed as far as the deep ball goes. And you have to understand in college, you get a lot of broken routes where guys are pretty much wide open on the deep ball. I think a lot of people don't know where this guy's going to land, as you said, but I also think a lot of people might, you know, take a shot at him. I could see maybe the saints grabbing a guy like this. If they somehow really believe, um, that they have a good situation right now with Taysom Hill as their backup, they're retarded, uh, stupid. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be better, uh, and uh, I can see the Titans <laughs> taking a smack at him as well. Honestly, no joke. I mean, Tannehill's contract, yeah, sure they signed him, but we already said this guy's going to take time. Green Bay's already said they might take a quarterback in the first round. Why not Jordan Love? It'd be the perfect situation. He could learn under Aaron Rodgers. So you're not going to get better than that. And I already mentioned on the uh, about the 49ers last episode and their lack of confidence in Jimmy G. So that spot wouldn't surprise me either. So he, for him, he really could go anywhere, honestly. And I, that's, I'm very excited to see how this draft falls. He could, he could go anywhere. It is really
0: interesting to see. The only thing I'll say, he is not the most handsome no, he's quarterback not. out of these top five guys. But uh, you know what? The next yep. quarterback we're about to talk about and our last quarterback, we're about to talk about, I would say is a light skin, sweetie. He has, All of the handsome skills to be successful at the next level. Kyle, sure, man.
1: Next guy we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts. I know we're not going to hit everybody today, but you know, boohoo. We'll talk about them all in the future. I'm sure, depending on their landing spots, at least. Uh, Jalen Hurts. What can you say about the guy? Um, Just want to say straight off the bat, this guy is a great person. He really is. He's a humble kid. Uh, When he lost his job to, I'm not sure so many people would have taken it as well as Hertz did. He kind of just stepped down and let it happen. Took on a new role as a backup. Didn't complain. Didn't bitch. Didn't moan. Did his second job and eventually got out and became a superstar again for the Sooners. So, I mean, what can you say? He's going to be classified as the next Lamar Jackson. As far as this draft goes, basically. And people are going to say all the same things they said about Lamar Jackson. They're going to say he can't throw. He should be a wide receiver, all this, yada, yada, yada. But somebody's going to take a chance on the guy. And either this guy's going to be a superstar and do Jackson like things with his legs because this guy's legs are disgusting. I'm not even sure running backs in this class can, you know, hold a candle to him. And, you know, that's not a shot at any running backs in this class. I just genuinely think Hurts might have the best legs in the entire class i mean he literally makes people look stupid all the time and i think that mm. he's a very good leader and he's a very humble kid i think it's interesting to see what will happen with him i could see a team like atlanta taking a shot at him i could see it team like the colts taking a shot at him i could see chicago taking a shot at him and i could see green bay taking a shot at him again i was th- when i really looked at him i thought who in the later rounds who maybe will need a quarterback in a year or two, who could really take a shot at them. And all those guys kind of popped off the page for me.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know, I agree with all the strengths that are listed. I really do think he probably does have the best legs going into the draft. And you know what? That's why all these GMs are saying, can you work out a wide receiver? Can you work out a running back? Because he could have. You know, if it didn't work out at quarterback, I do think he has a future in another position. You know, he's 6'2", 219 pounds. He's pretty much built to be a running back in this league, a pass-catching running back, in my opinion. I do think he lacks Mm -hmm. some things when it comes to being the next great quarterback. I do think he's extremely Mm -hmm. raw. I think his arm could use some work. And when he scans the field for his receivers, he will make direct eye contact with these guys and not break it, leading to corners traveling over to, you know, intercept the ball. But granted, he only had eight interceptions last season. So maybe it's not going to be as big of a deal as people think. However, I could see that, if not fixed, being a problem. I think as long as people understand he's super raw, you know, he's, he's in the same boat as Jordan Love. He's super, super raw, but the advantage he has over Jordan Love, in my opinion, and what makes him a better prospect, in my opinion, is that Jalen Hurts is just a leader. He exudes leadership. He's walked into any system he's ever been in and just immediately picked it mm-hmm. up and ran with it. I think if you're looking for a guy who needs some time to develop but can rally the troops when need be, Jalen Hurts is 100% your guy. I think it's I think they should have been in the college playoff conversation way sooner than they actually ended up when he was with Oklahoma. I he was my dark horse favorite to win the Heisman. And for a while there he honestly did look like he was going to win it. It's unfortunate that it didn't happen, but I really do think this guy has some sort of future in the NFL, whether it's at quarterback or I at hope it's position.
1: not at another position. Um I think he should go the same route as Lamar Jackson and say straight up, uh you know, if you're going to draft me, draft me to be a quarterback and that's it because I think he really can uh, make it in the NFL we'll see what happens I, I I'm not really sure This is a weird draft and because of How it's how The draft has built up and um, The fact that it's you know all Online and via zoom I just know that there's going to be a lot of Things that people are wrong about so I don't want to take a lot of shots here and guess Where all of these quarterbacks are going to go But I think You know no matter how you Look at it I think Tua and Burrow probably go to either the Bengals or Miami each respectively. I think Herbert will probably end up for the Raiders. If I had to guess, that's just my, you know, off the head guess. I think Jordan Love ends up on the Patriots. I think Hertz ends up a Steeler. Luke, you want to do your guesses and then we'll yeah, wrap those up def- quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, you know what? I I I think I stick with some of what you said. I see Burrow going to Cincinnati yep. no matter what. Unless somebody offers them a Ricky Williams Hall, he's not going anywhere. He's going to uh, Cincinnati for better or worse, 100% for worse. Um, I think Tua is going to end up at Miami. I think this is the guy they've been targeting for a while, and this is the guy they're going to end up with. I think Herbert ends up at the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to take their shot at him. I think he's going to be groomed properly behind Tyrod Taylor and Easton stick, and he will come out an amazing quarterback. I think Jordan love Mm. will go to the Raiders. I am very, very certain he will end up on the Raiders because he is the best of both Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. And I think Jalen hurts ends up at the Patriots. Mm. I think Jalen hurts is the prime Belichick. guy. He's a leader. He's raw, but he has potential, and it would give Bellatrix something he's n- hasn't had ever, a quarterback who can move. And it could bring a new dynamic to an offense that's already set up. Is I like one of those the picks. picks. I
1: Personally, uh, ugh, the Bills fan in me doesn't want to see that just because I like Jalen Hurts a lot. But, you know, I think the Pats are going to make a move here right now. I've already heard rumors they might be trading up in the draft. So, But who knows? We're going to move on to running backs now, though, guys. We'll catch you in a second.
0: All right, let's just dive right back into it. We are now talking running backs, the best running backs coming into the draft. I'm going to start off with my homeboy, DeAndre Swift from the Georgia Bulldogs. (laughs) I think this guy is the best running back prospect in this draft, and I also think he's going to be better than the best from last year, Josh Jacobs. This guy has two one thousand yard plus seasons under his belt. He's extremely speedy. As somebody you might call a jack of all trades type of back. You know, he wasn't relied a lot. He wasn't relied on a lot in college to catch the ball, but when he did, he was productive with it, averaging nine yards per reception in twenty in twenty seventeen, his first year playing. In twenty nineteen, same thing. The guy is. Good. I think he has great burst speed. I think he's great vision on the field. And I think the best thing that not a lot of people talk about enough is his patience behind the line of scrimmage to let a play develop. I don't see, I don't think we've seen that type of patience in a running back since Le'Veon Bell coming out of Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I I like Swift a lot. I think there's some cons to his game. I think he lacks the power of a lot of other guys like JT. And I think he's got a few ball security issues, but not as much as our next guy in the list at all. I think he needs to also learn what, you know, is given to him more than anything else. Um, I think really at the end of the day, he's – A great candidate for a lot of teams. Ideally, I want to see him go to the Chiefs. I think he's a perfect fit for that offense. I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do in the draft. I've heard all sorts of crazy rumors that they may be targeting rugs in the first round. So that would kind of probably knock them out of the running for Swift just because of the fact that I think he is going to go first round. But I think he really is. He has the potential to be a three down workhorse back.
0: Yeah, 100%. I I have to agree with you on that one. I do think he will burst into this league and succeed, whether you like it or not. And I think (laughs) if you're lucky enough to get him on your fantasy team, if you have to choose with that first pick between Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift, Swift, I'm going Swift 100% of the time. Take it to the bank,
1: baby. See, I don't agree with you. In my opinion, if I got the first pick, I'm taking my boy Jonathan Taylor. This guy, Jesus, man, this guy is a beast. I I use the word freak of nature because that's really what he is. If you watch the Combine, then you don't even need me to tell you that. The kid is a beast. He's an utter tank. He reminds me a lot of Saquon Barkley. He has two back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons for the Badgers over the last two years. I mean, just some... Insane numbers, uh, really productive. And even the first season he came in in 2017, hit 1977 yards. So he was basically 23 yards away from having three 2,000-yard seasons in a row. I think he's got great strength. He can bulldoze, uh, bulldoze people easily. And he's already shown he can handle a gigantic workload. I think the biggest issue with him is ball security. 18 fumbles in 41 games is not okay by any means at all. He's not as elusive as a guy like Swift. And I would also say, you know, he probably already has a lot of wear and tear just from his usage. I think the chiefs could use a guy like this. I think the jets could use a guy like this. I think Miami, I think Tampa Bay, as much as it would hurt me and my run, Jones hopes could use a guy like this and I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers take a crack at a running back but I don't think they're really in the running for Jonathan Taylor because I think this guy's going top 10
0: yeah he's he's I I don't know if he's going to be better than DeAndre Swift I still have my hopes on DeAndre Swift but I do think Jonathan Taylor is a great running back you don't put up back-to-back 2,000 yard seasons for not being great My issue with him going into it, though, is when I spoke about DeAndre Swift, I spoke about a guy who's patient behind the line of scrimmage. I don't see that in Jonathan Taylor. This guy isn't as good as Swift as waiting for plays to develop. He is shifty as hell, though. If you give him a hole, he will break through it and go. Yeah, Gone. You know? Um, The only other issue, too, is he's not very much of a receiving back. And I think if you need to rely on him to be a receiving back, it may not go as well as you're hoping for, and I think that could p- potentially ruin your PPR stats. You know, now the next guy I want to talk about is a guy who I think does it all pretty well. I think that's J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State. He's built to be a running back. He's five ten, two seventeen. He's super well rounded. You know, he's only ever been productive once he started starting for Ohio State he thrives in those big moments every time he's been called upon he's been he's done it with success I'd say the only drawback in his three seasons there was in 2018 when he only averaged 4.6 yards per, per carry but that's still pretty damn impressive and then, you know what? I think another thing, though, is that with his cons is that he could be bigger. However, you can't control height. So, unfortunately, you can't really do anything about his height. I don't think that'll necessarily stop him. His stop-start quickness when it comes to a running back is well below average. I don't think it's eye-popping. I don't think it's something... That is going to really surprise people in any sort of way. I think he's a day three pick. I don't see him going in the second day. I do think his best chance to be successful. Is either going to be at Buffalo, Detroit, or Indiana. I say this because these are three teams who have young guys in place already. But who, who either can't stay healthy. Or have question marks surrounding whether they can produce at extremely high rates. And I think if you bring Dobbins in behind one of them, I think JK is really going to put pressure on them. Especially in Detroit, I think he could thrive.
1: Yeah, I I like Detroit as a landing spot for him a lot. I'm not really sure how I feel about Carry On Johnson anymore. I just think health is a big factor. I think Indy would be a good landing spot too. Marlon Mack don't get me wrong he's consistent but I just feel like there's nothing to his game and that's not a shot at the guy I just see 100 yards and 20 carries every single time when I look at him and that's that's fine don't get me wrong that's you know that's very Jordan Howard s, but There's a reason why Jordan Howard is in a workhorse on any team and keeps getting moved around. People want the guy who's going to be like CMC. And I think somebody like JK Dobbins has that much potential. My opinion, he has the highest upside. I think easily in the, out of all the running backs, I think he has the highest upside. I think he's going to go day two. I don't think he's going to go day three. And I think, He's going to have a successful career in the NFL. I think he goes to a team that probably is already a contender right now, too, is another thing that could happen. So maybe he won't end up in Detroit. If he could end up on a team like Tampa and immediately jump into that offense, if he could end up on a team like the Steelers and immediately jump into that offense, I think he'll put a lot of pressure on the people in that room. Like uh, I don't know how James Conner would react if J.K. Domins came into that room.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I totally agree with that I totally agree with that I think that uh, the Buckeyes did a great job of grooming an all around running back and I think put him into any offense and the guys can succeed however I do think that he does have some stuff to work on Yeah, and I do think that that may lead him to being a day three pick I, I had high hopes for Weber Last year, coming out of Ohio State, you know, same thing happened. So we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. And with the running backs, it's really pretty random how they can go as well. Um, Sometimes the earlier picks don't really pan out. So we see a lot of these guys who are top prospects go day two or three a lot of the times. Like this next guy, Clyde Edwards, Hilary. I'm not really sure where he's going to go. Uh, at all he was part of the lsu tigers powerhouse last year he's incredible pass catcher i think he's the best pass catcher in the entire draft his hands are like glue, man. you throw it to him he's catching it he reminds me a lot of cmc in that retrospect again he's a shorter guy he's only 5'8 so very much cmc build he's extremely fun to watch man i was just re-watching a little bit of this tape actually in preparation for uh this video i gotta say man like he he jumps off the page every time he touches the ball. I think his ball security is the best in the class as well. And I think, you know, when you really look at the guy, you just have to worry about maybe his lack of power from a goal line perspective. So if he goes into an offense like Miami, potentially, I think Jordan Howard's going to eat all those touchdowns and he's not going to get any of them. I think he could be a good fit there. I think he could be a good fit for the Patriots who clearly – Don't have anybody good as running back, in my opinion. Sony Michelle is not the answer. If they somehow still think that, great. And hopefully, you know, maybe he can turn it around. Who knows? I think Damian Harris is a good prospect, maybe, but I still would prefer if I could bring in a guy like CEH in, I would do that easily any day of the week. Yeah, 100%. I I totally agree with that. My nick
0: on him and you know what it is not a nick on fantasy value because if anything i think it's going to improve fantasy value but it's something i think that overall in his career will affect him is that i think he's a better pass catcher than he is a runner i think he is very similar to a guy like Tariq cohen Mm. naeem hines a guy who you're never gonna say run this ball 15 times every game i think he's the type of guy who will be responsible for third down, catch that ball, get us five yards, get us that first down. I think that will be his job description wherever he goes in the NFL. I don't think he's an RB1, and I do see him being very valuable for fantasy as long as he's used in the right way. Now, I want to talk about a guy who I think next. And lastly, to top off these running backs, I think this is a guy who needs to be talked about more, and that's Cam Akers out of Florida State. Love this guy. He is ridiculously underrated. You know what? He's not a receiving back, but what he lacks with his hands, he makes up for with his ability to ground and pound the opponent the guy has amazing quick feet and incredible balance for a guy of his size. He's got a good he's got a good analysis of the field when he runs and something that isn't talked about enough when drafting running backs is the guy can actually pass block. Sure, he might have inconsistency in his games. He isn't the best pass catcher to be in this draft. And he You could say that he loves pancaking the crap out of guys so much that it could be a problem in the future. (laughs) But I do think his cons are way outweighed by his pros. And I think if you pair him with a receiving back and do a 1A, 1B split, this guy will take off on the ground. He might not be the touchdown guy you need. His value for touchdowns will probably be on the goal line. You probably won't see him take off for 20-yard TDs. So he might not be the best when it comes to TDs, but he will rack up yards. Where I could see him going specifically is Buffalo, Miami, and Pittsburgh. I think Buffalo would be perfect for him because it would pair him well with Devin Singletary who's shown he can catch the ball in the backfield. I think it'd be good for him to be in Detroit. I think Detroit offers uh, immense ability for him to take over if carry on, can't do it. I really like Miami because I don't think Jordan Howard's the future. He's young. I don't think he's the future, but I think he could teach acres a lot. And I think Pittsburgh specifically is where he needs to end up because by going to the Steelers, Him and Connor would make an easy, easy 1A, 1B dynamic. The only problem is, is by doing that, You cut Benny Snell out of the picture, and I still think Benny Snell has
1: something to bring to the scene. See, I think he's a little biased in that because I know he has a lot of Benny Snell shares. So he's just hoping (laughs) that Benny Snell has a role this time next year. (laughs) But no, on a serious note, I'm a big acres guy. I like him a lot. I think he's a guy who's flying under the radar a lot, honestly um despite honestly being a darling for a lot of people in the debbie world for a long time i think he's going to land somewhere and kind of be a dynamic with it like you said where he maybe isn't completely on his own i do like him in buffalo a lot honestly because i think he's a day two guy and i would love to see him go there more than anything else i think he works in a lot of different offices i could see him going to the chiefs as well i think it really just depends again with the the running backs, it's so hard to predict. But, you know, off the top of my head, I, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you where I think these guys are going to go. I think maybe DeAndre Swift goes to Miami. I think maybe Jonathan Taylor ends up in Tampa Bay against my wishes. I think J.K. Dobbins I could easily see ending up in Detroit because I hear Detroit's thinking about maybe trading back, which would be a good move, and they could get somebody like this later on. I like Clyde Edwards potentially on the Chiefs. And then I like Cam Akers in Pittsburgh, like you said.
0: All right. You know what? I'm, I'm close to what you're saying. Few differences. I would say I think DeAndre Swift is better going. Is is His best fit is at the Chiefs. I think Jonathan Taylor will succeed in Miami. Mm. I think J.K. Dobbins is a perfect fit for Indy. I think Clyde will succeed best in Detroit. And I can see Cam Akers taking off in
1: Pittsburgh. Yeah, we both like Cam in Pittsburgh. That must be – it's gonna. it better happen, right? Then we're going to be on the money.
0: Yeah, 100%. As long as Big Ben doesn't do something ridiculously Big Ben stupid, we should be fine. All right, coming up next, we are going to talk about wide receivers. Stick around. All right, and we are back to now talk about wide receivers. And, Kyle, why don't you get us going with one of your favorite wide receivers going into this draft?
1: I like a lot of the wide receivers, so it's a little tough about who I want to talk about first. I guess I'm going to talk with my boy Jerry Judy just because I, you know – I love everybody who comes out uh, out of Alabama for the most part, and he was their wide receiver one for the last few years. He was Mm -hmm. great combo with Tua. He's an extremely talented player with elite route running skills already. Now, that's something very good to take note of because when you get these guys, some of them are kind of raw, like a guy like DK Metcalf almost from last year who didn't really have that uh, elite route running skills and he's already shown he could transition I'm not going to bring him up really but more so I'm just saying it's easier for these guys to make the transition when they're already set up like that is back to back thousand yard seasons and 10 touchdowns this is a red zone threat when the ball gets down low you're looking for Judy he's going to be your elite level quickness off the line guy who's going to com- be completely wide open when he's in the red zone and you're going to be like what who the hell was guarding that guy <laughs> he could use a little more muscle I'll be Honestly, you know, I'll be honest about that. You know, he's only 192 at 6'1", which is light considering I'm three. 3- 20 at 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> but, you know... We all can't beat bees. We all yeah. can't eat bees to only
0: drink milk and eat
1: pizza. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and he also had some easy drops on the open field, so that's something to keep in mind, too. But I think a lot of teams could use this. I think his number one landing spot, and I think where he's going to end up, I think the Jets take him in the first round, because I think is going to go before him, and I think is probably the best prospect in the draft class. But I just personally, I'm a big Judy guy.
0: Yeah, I do think Judy has some crisp things going for him. He is pretty damn fast. Mm. And he has crisp. I'm talking cracker crisp, like crunchy, <laughs> crispy route running skills. This guy, run, when he gets the ball in his hands, or whether he's trying to get open for that ball, it's going to be crisp. It's going to be well done. Unlike a guy like DK Metcalf, who everybody just got really high on all of a sudden out of nowhere. You know, I I do think he has some cons. Yeah, you're right. He could be a little bigger. I don't actually know. Here's my thing. My biggest con is I don't actually know how good he is without a super productive wide receiver beside him. You got to remember this guy basically played with rugs all three years. He was there. And what's going to happen if he doesn't have a deep threat right beside him. I don't ever since I do think he will end up at the jets. I do agree with you. I don't think there's another landing spot for him. I love the him jets. there so much, However, man.
1: I really do just because I'm such a Darnold guy, but continue. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. no.
1: I, I like, I see where you're coming from. My only thing is, is like now
0: that they lost Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder's not really that, you know, deep threat guy. He's more of a slot guy. And Judy's a slot guy as well, too. Mm-hmm. So do, do they have anybody to take the pressure off of him like they had in Alabama with Ruggs? I don't know. Now, a guy who I think personally doesn't need anybody that protection is CeeDee Lamb out of Elk- Oklahoma. I think that he has done extremely well no matter what. And you have to remember, too, he has played with three of the best quarterbacks to come out of the college uh, system in the last three years. I mean, he got to play with Baker Mayfield for a brief second. And he got to play with Kyler Murray. And then he got to play with Hertz. I think he's been extremely lucky with the yeah, quarterbacks. Man, that's pretty gone. crazy. <laughs> I think It isn't crazy. Not enough people talk about it, but I think he's been extremely lucky with the quarterbacks he's been given. Because I think if you haven't get given him those quarterbacks, I don't know how well he would have done to be honest with you. But he's done really well so far. He does have uh, back-to-back 10-plus TD seasons. He's hands down the best pass catcher in the league league once he gets there. I think you put him up there with DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's how good he's going to be as a pass catcher. He has silky smooth mitts. Call this man Peter Parker. Because he is Spider-Man. I
1: like that line.
0: Great, great hands. He could be a little bigger. He's only a buck ninety. He weighs less than he weighs a little bit more than me, which is something because the only foot the only football games I'm getting involved in are on Madden. He could be a little bigger. Um But I do think. That regardless of his size, he will do really well. Now, a lot of people are saying he could up and end up in Arizona, and I was saying that too until they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. I think they need to bank on DeAndre Hopkins and Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. I think bringing in Ceedee Lamb will ruin the production and the progression of either Kirk or Lamb, and it will never—they won't bounce back because of it. Because of that, I think his best landing spot is you're going to see a team like Carolina trade up and nab him. I think Curtis Samuel isn't an op, isn't the option we all thought he was going to be. And I don't think that Robbie Anderson is a wide receiver three, unfortunately on that team, because Teddy Bridgewater can't throw the deep ball. So I think he's more of a wide receiver four on that team. So I think you bring in CD land lamb, you, you put him right in the slot and you have Samuel and DJ Moore on either side of him. And I think he will do extremely yeah, well. I like
1: him a lot in Carolina as a potential landing spot. I think the giants wouldn't be, I wouldn't shock me if they took him either. I, as much as I like Slayton, I don't think he's a one, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't be surprised potentially yeah. if Washington uh, took him, but I think if Washington was going to do that, they would potentially trade back because I think at the end of the day, they're going to take chase young at two. Um, they would be, yeah, they'd they'd be, be They'd be stupid. foolish if they don't. Um, as far as for this next guy goes, when you talk about speed, theres I don't think there's another wide receiver in the class who exemplifies speed more than Henry Ruggs. I mean, like lightning quickness, like jump off the page quickness. He was the number two to Judy, so that does have a few concerns for me about whether or not he can handle maybe potentially being a number one on a team. He might not be asked to be one. You know what I mean? So that would be good if he wasn't one, Mm -hmm. potentially. He's a guy who's going to take the head off a defense, and he's going to burn the hell out of every cornerback in the league at some point. He um, relies a little bit too much on his body when he's catching the ball, and that would be one of the biggest knocks I could give on the guy. But I think he's a good fit for a lot of teams. I would love to see him, honestly, and I think you'll like this a lot. My favorite landing spot for him would be Seattle. I think him and DK Metcalf would wreak havoc on the league together. I think it would be disgusting. Like,
0: yeah, I think it would be perfect. I actually do think that's a great thing because you could put Tyler Lockett a back in the slot into yep. the slot. You you have Rugs and DK on either side of him, and now you have Greg Olson at tight end. I think that would be extremely deadly. My only thing about him going to Seattle, which scares me is now you're relying on Russell Wilson to bomb balls down the field for Metcalf and Ruggs. I think the only way this works out for Seattle, and I really hope he ends up at Seattle, but I think the only way this works out for Seattle is if Ruggs Ruggs develops a better route running tree or if DK does.
1: One of them has yeah. to do it. Well, and I also hear the Chiefs are being rumored to potentially grab him in the draft as well. And if he goes there, holy moly, they're just going to have everybody who could take the head off defenses. You're going to have Tyree Kill, Miko Hardman, and Henry Ruggs just running past everybody on the team. Mahomes is going to be not even know what to do. He's just going to be like, uh, one of you catch it and throw the ball down the field. <laughs> He's not even going to care. He's just like, somebody catch it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think
0: honestly that would be perfect. I think that would be perfect. Um, him in in Kansas City. Well, I would like Rugs in, in my Seattle. Don't get me wrong. I would like any of these guys in Seattle, but we'll get to a guy I really think who will succeed in Seattle in a bit. I do think Rugs, uh, would succeed better in Kansas City because you wouldn't be a wide yeah. receiver one, you know. They already rely on the deep ball enough there that he could just mold right into the system. And I think with Ruggs is what people have to remember. He is extremely raw. He is John Ross levels of raw. And you saw with John Ross, if you just try throwing him in there at a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, he will burn and he will crash and it will never look great. However, here's a guy who I think Will be an amazing wide receiver one. And I need to talk about him because I do think he will end up in Seattle. Is T. Higgins out of Clemson? He is a big boy. That's Pillsbury. dough boy, <laughs> big. All right. He is 6'4, 215. He is built. He's like Calvin Johnson, big. And he is fast. He is a fast, big boy. And you know what, too? He had 1,100 yards in his senior year and 13 TDs working in Clemson. The guy has played with some incredible quarterbacks. He has developed into what I think one of the best wide receiver prospects. I think in small windows, he will be great with contested balls because of how big he is. He also has instincts that haven't been seen by a wide receiver prospect in a very long time. Now, while I did say he is quick, he is not elite quick. And I think that will play a big thing into where he goes. I think his press release could be better. And his route tree could be better. But I do have to say, you put this guy in Seattle, I think everything would go incredibly. T Higgins with DK Metcalf would be unstoppable as you would have two huge yeah, bodies beside Tyler Lockett. Now, my only thing I do say about him is when you look at a prospect and you look at the name, you can easily judge by the name, is that guy going to succeed? And I think a name like T. Higgins, doesn't exactly scream out <laughs> pro bowler.
1: Yeah, I mean, T's a bit of a weird first name to say the least, but I like the kid a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential as well. It'd be pretty crazy to, if he ends up in Seattle. I think the combination of two extremely raw uh players basically as far as their route tree goes and that'd be a good place for him to hone his route tree and really learn it because they've already shown that dk metcalf they're they're slowly getting him there and i think i know we've talked about dk metcalf a lot but when you talk about these raw wide receivers he's the most recent example we can jump to because he was last year's raw wide receiver. You know what I mean? And I think he is a big boy. I think he's got the ability to really be that type of guy that you're going to throw the ball up, and he's going to basically bully the guy. There's a clip of, like, Julio Jones, I think, from last year, where it's an end zone toss, and he just grabs the ball and rips it out of the other dude's hands. Like, I could see T. Higgins doing something like that Later on down the stretch, I like him also potentially going to like team like San Francisco. I think they're going to look for another wide receiver in this draft. Um, I think Green Bay wouldn't be, you know, an illogical choice either. I don't know if they really believe Funkess can be the number two to Devonte Adams, but it's time Green Bay brought in another wide receiver because it's long overdue. And I think there's a bunch of teams that could need him. Minnesota could too. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are pretty desperate at wide receiver.
0: Yeah, there definitely is a, uh and I will say that wide receivers will be flying oh, yeah. off the board. I think you're going to see wide receivers and offensive tackles absolutely fly off the board in the first and second day it will be insane probably how many offenses well you know what and wide receivers i think that's because this safe. class
1: is deeper at offense than it is at defense in my opinion like this next guy who we're going to talk about in the last one for wide receivers this is my guy i like this guy a lot and i think that's why luke let, let me talk about him i love justin jefferson out of lsu i think His senior year was magnificent. Um, 1,500 yards, 18 touchdowns. Like, let me just say that again. 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns. Like, come on, man. Those stats are sexy. I get it. He played with Joe Burrow, so, you know, makes it a little easier for the guy. But this guy can almost do anything you need, and he's going to be a nightmare for D-backs every night. I think he's got good size, and he uses it. He's got a great tape from his final year. He's very good with his hands, and he's a polished route runner. I think the scheme, you know, one of the few – cons i will say i think the scheme kind of helped him stack stats and what i mean by that you know he put up 1500 yards because lsu was such a powerhouse more than anything else you know what i mean when realistically if he was on another team maybe it would have been Mm -hmm. 1200 yards if he was on another team i don't know if he'll be able to win one-on-one matchups from day one because he didn't have that much of a challenge when he was at lsu but i think this guy i think there's only one spot he lands i think it's philly and I think you could talk about him going anywhere else, but I don't think it's happening.
0: Yeah, you know, I think Philly would be a good spot for him. Now, is Philly prepared to actually produce a quality <laughs> I wide receiver? They,
1: they're probably just going to
0: draft him and make him it Leads to be seen. I, I, you know, I don't have a lot to say on Justin Jefferson because I really think you hit off on all the big things. What I will say, though, I think my biggest con is for him is, dude, this guy looks so much like Chris Rock. <laughs> is that a con? Is that a bad thing? <laughs> I I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it is because then you're expecting him to uh, be you funny. Put that but what if he's not? He looks a lot yeah, like Chris Rock. And you know what? Granted, that might hit it off for the ladies, right? But for me, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if Chris Rock does it for me like that. So, uh, I have to say, honestly, Justin Jefferson's great, but I think Philly has a hit or miss prospect if they were to draft him 100%. Well, wait, right, wait, when we come back, let's talk about where we're where gonna have our... going
1: first. I don't want to, you know, we got to do our predictions, all right? Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, you caught me, you caught me. Holy <laughs> crap, frick,
1: I might as well run the 40 time because I'm just rushing. To yeah, I'll go, holy first. crap, Jets, Judy, Lamb. Uh, Arizona, I think they're gonna do it no matter what you think. Uh, Henry Ruggs, I'm gonna take your Chiefs pick, Justin Jefferson, Philly, T. Higgins, Seahawks.
0: Yep, I think I totally agree. I would say Judy to the Jets, I'm gonna disagree with you. I think CD is going to Ooh. Carolina, I think Ruggs, you're going to find yep. on Kansas City, I think Jefferson, you will see on the Eagles, and I think T. Higgins. Will there we go. Be now on it's on Seattle. Up. <laughs> all right, all right. When we come back, we have a special guest coming to talk about rookies. This guy is a
1: rookie expert. Don't go away. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we have our next guest on right now. If you want to, maybe just introduce yourself, my man.
2: Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, my name is Shaheen. Uh, I've been playing with you guys for. Uh, well, Luke, I just uh, got to know this past year, and uh, Kyle, I've been in a lot of leagues with him over the years, uh, and uh, good to be on here. Yeah, we're
1: happy to have you. I know. Uh, yeah, we have had a long history together, to say the least. little rocky starts, but I think we're pretty good friends now, if I do say so myself. Um, just to get things started off, we're going to kind of jump right into things. Uh, we just want to talk about, you know, maybe some rookies that you really love uh, at the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position, if you want to start us off.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... I just want to say, yeah, this this class is awesome. Uh, It's really uh, deep at the positions in fantasy we care about, uh, running back, receiver, receiver especially. It's really stacked, uh, really deep. Um, I guess um, most people, I think, would have C.D. Lamb as their number one, and I would agree. Um, But then after that, for my rankings, they get a little weird. Uh, Most people would have Jerry Judy number two. Um, I have, uh, Jalen Ragor. I'm really high on. Mm. Uh,
1: mm.
2: I have, yeah. So, um, I, I'm going to give you two guys that, uh, I feel like context is important when we talk about their college careers. Um, and there are two guys that I'm really high on and they're ahead of guys, um, that are, I guess, consensus. Um, like for example i have i have cam akers um my as my number 3 running back i have Jonathan taylor 1 deandre swift 2 cam akers 3 Jakey dobbins uh 4 um and and that's like what i consider the that's the big 4 uh for for the running back class i feel like it's a, it's a good class um i mean gosh uh, uh, you there are really good things to say about all of them deandre swift for example um as a fr- as a true freshman Made Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle uh, benched for his good play. So, like, you know, that's really impressive. Um, but yeah, um, Cam Akers is someone I'm really high on because uh, you got to give context to his situation. He was running behind um, probably the worst offensive line in, in in college football. I mean, it might be. Um, it's, it is a crazy stat uh, where uh, I think he amassed uh, 1100 yards uh, rushing but 900 of that was after first contact which is which is crazy it's
1: so mind blowing to think that means every time you know he wanted to get even a foot he basically had to fight for every yard he got essentially
2: yeah that that's it that just gives you an idea of uh, just how um, bad his situation was and if he was in a better situation uh, running behind a competent o-line we might be talking about him as as the best running back in this class, uh, Jalen Raygor as well, uh, going back to Jalen Ragour, Um context is important for his situation. He, he had the least amount of accurate balls thrown his way in all of college football last year. So um, his quarterback situation at TCU was bad, yeah. really bad. And he was still able to make plays and be a playmaker on that team, a dynamic playmaker who really worked well on special teams and um, as a deep threat in the slot, a versatile player who really fits uh, the modern mold of a, a NFL wide receiver. They're bulky. They have a good BMI, super explosive. He could squat like 600 pounds. Um, uh, like his his athletic measurables compared to Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb in terms of like what he what he could do. Bench press wise and uh, squatting and and stuff like that. He's a very explosive athlete, and I feel like he's going to be a much better pro than college player. Um, that's
0: that's super interesting that you talk about Gore uh, like that. I you know I know he um, he was a big high school recruit when he was uh, when he was in his senior year, and I know a lot of schools were interested in him. He ended up at TSU, TCU. I do have to ask when you do compare. I know athleticism-wise, he's very, very set, but when you, when you compare him to your uh, guys like T. Higgins, your guys like Justin Jefferson, who are projected to go closer to the bottom of the first round, top of the second round, when you look at their stats, their stats are pretty eye-popping. and when you look at Regors, you know in, his, in 2019, he only had 611 yards receiving. How do you justify that? Uh, when you compare him to the other rookie receivers coming into the league?
2: right. the the context and, and situation is important. And um, you know, you brought up someone like T. Higgins. T. Higgins is someone who uh, I, I really think athletic testing matters. I think uh, the combine is really is is important, um, not to like overblow it, but I think uh, uh, seeing those measurables, those the the athletes like pan out, in terms of what we see on tape, we want to see that reaffirmed in their testing or, or, or maybe their pro days. Although you have to give them, uh, there is a little bit of bias with pro day numbers. Um, but, uh, definitely, uh, T Higgins did not perform well at the combine. He, he's actually not that athletic compared to his, um, to the other wide receivers in this class. And I have a feeling, um, you know, if someone like Tyler Johnson played at Clemson, I think he might've been a better T Higgins. And I think, you know, the reason why we're not talking about Tyler Johnson that much is because of his situation. Uh, He was in a lesser known school. I think the context is really important when we talk about, college players um, if these, these players were in different situations we could be talking about them in totally different ways um, I think that's a I think that's an important note what you say
1: uh, because like you said with Regor and the accurate passes and stuff a lot of the guys that right now are projected as like the top of this class for wide receivers had pretty damn good quarterbacks throwing them the ball so I understand what you mean like so a guy like Justin Jefferson had burrow throwing him the ball on one of the greatest seasons of all time and he put up eye-popping stats but how much of that stuff is fabricated by a stacked offense and a ridiculously good quarterback to boot
2: yeah absolutely um Justin Jefferson looks great I I think he's going to be a fantastic slot weapon in the league but yeah I mean um it's important to uh try to divorce as much as we see of of um the situation sometimes uh can like really write a player's narrative, and it's important to look at the the, the tape and maybe I, I don't know the way I evaluate a player is i'm not I, I'm not very good at this. I mean I don't think anyone is good at, at predicting players and how they're I, I have so, I have so many bad takes over the years, and some of them who have panned out. but this is just a fun process and and the landing spot really I think is huge uh, for these players because even if Jalen Regor is this guy who I'm really high on, and who I feel like what didn't get a fair shake at uh, in his situation. Um, if he doesn't go to the right organization and is used in the way that I think he can be used at the next level, then it doesn't matter. You know, none of this matters. I think. Um, and 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 ultimately it comes down to the player. So, man, pre-draft rankings are hard. Um, I, I watch tape. I watch college tape, and I'm like, okay, man, I really like this guy. And then I, I watched combine. I'm like, OK, he's as athletic as I thought he was. Or maybe he's not as athletic as I thought he was. But then, oh, man, then you get the draft. And I'm so excited. We're doing this podcast on the draft day. Yep. we got all this coronavirus stuff going mm-hmm. on. We, we have no sports. This is all we got. And I'm really excited uh, to see where these guys land, because someone like Jalen Ragor I'm really excited about really high on if he lands in a good situation, he could explode. And I love his upside. I love Cam Akers upside. Um, You know, I can't wait, man. This is going to be great.
1: Yeah. I think what you're saying is really true. I mean, we could talk about all these rookies like as long as you really, you know, want, but at the end of the day, it's really the situation that they're going to fall in, which matters most. Um, Even for, you know, Any position really I mean maybe Not as much on defense as I think For offense especially uh, And especially really I think running backs and Quarterbacks obviously wide receivers Too to a lesser extent don't get me wrong But I think quarterbacks are probably the Primary ones where you know if we go to A bad organization and whoever ends Up in Cincy I'm probably not drafting If I have the first (laughs) overall pick you know What I mean like you know and yeah if, If I could get him at a steal at like five Or something like that if it ends up being Burrow And you're in a super flex and nobody takes him and you have the 1.05 sure yeah pull the trigger you know what I mean but like in general if I'm up there and let's say Tua ends up in Miami in just a made-up scenario I'm gonna take Tua all day
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, and in super flex leagues too, yeah. I am, I'm not trying to take a quarterback if he's going to a shitty organization. Of course. I'm just not doing it. I'm just, I, as much as I love the guy, I have to really fall. Like uh, uh, everyone's predict, predicting right now that the Jags are tanking for Trevor Lawrence. You know, and the Jags are not a, a very, ins- uh, they don't really inspire much confidence in me as an organization, but. I love the talent so much. I'll still take Trevor Lawrence, like probably with the first pick next year. Yeah, I think, but,
1: I think anybody would, man. He's something else.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a special talent, but sometimes, you know, uh, with Burrow, uh, I, I like him a lot. Um, he's a little older and um, I, I, I actually still think Tua is uh, the QB1 for me in this class. Health. I'm not a doctor, so I have no idea how bad the long-term concerns are for his knee. Or, or sorry, his hip and his other issues with a- his ankle issues, I believe. So I have no idea. But if if health is not a factor, I think Tua is the safest prospect as a quarterback. I really like the both uh, the two of them, and um, it's it's going to be interesting. I like circling back. Uh, Superflex leagues, man. If if I don't like the organization, I'm not taking you. So like you said, Cincy. Oh gosh, like I might have to pass on Joe Burrow if he goes there. You know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, and I don't blame you at all. I really think these things matter as far as context go. Um, I know um, we're talking about quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers right now. Um, any thoughts on the tight ends in this class? I know it's not particularly stacked, but there might be a few good ones that people want to take a crack at.
2: Yeah, I really like Hunter Bryant. I think he's my uh, uh, tight end one. Um you know, I, I'm not I'm not really in love with the tight end class, but there there is some upside here. Uh, there are guys uh, like Cole Kmet. He's getting a lot of uh, well, I don't know how to say his last name, but the the Notre Dame tight end is getting a lot of traction right now. Um, I like Albert O. He's I, I've I've uh, known him because through DV uh, past couple of years. He seems like a good prospect. I think he's got a lot of upside if he lands in a good situation with tight ends. You know, it's it's um, uh, recently, actually, there have been some good tight end classes mm-hmm. that are really good prospects, but they've burned us. And I'm actually kind of like hesitant to take a tight end now in rookie drafts. You know, I'm probably just going to bang on uh, bang these wide receivers. Like, yeah, all I don't, day long, just I take don't wide blame them.
1: We were just actually <laughs> talking about, I think earlier t- uh, today or the other day, we were talking about OJ Howard and David Njoku. And that's that same class. And both those guys were supposed to be. Um, extremely talented in this whole big deal and now you know they're both basically playing second fiddle to two more talented tight ends
2: oh yeah I loved both of them too I mean I I was really a fan of both of those guys uh Njoku and Howard um and I I took them you know relatively early I took them in the uh late first early second of the of that rookie draft year and Gosh, I mean, it hasn't panned out, but yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Tight ends take a while too. And, um, you know, thankfully the next year I think Irv Smith is going to be a good one. I took him in a lot of rookie drafts. Um, but yeah, um, this is a really exciting draft really because of the, the, the running backs and and wide receivers. And if I had any advice, I think I'd, um, there's good wide receiver depth to take throughout your rookie drafts. Um, but I would I would still take um, running backs early and often if you can and then take wide receivers for depth later on.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair strategy in most drafts as well. Um, really getting somebody who could be a workhorse back is too f- far and in between, you know what I mean? So if you have a chance at some of these top guys who – potentially can be that workhorse back, I think people should take a crack at them, especially if they have a good quarterback situation already. Um, I don't really see the point of reaching. If you already have like, let's say three starting quarterbacks, I'd much rather stack elsewhere. Even, you know, there obviously is a lot of talent. So it might be attractive to maybe potentially guy, grab a guy like Tua or Burrow. Uh,
2: let, me ask, let me ask you a question. Uh, how yeah. many uh, running backs do you take before C.D. Lamb? If you were doing a rookie draft right now.
0: I think that's easy. I think you only take two running backs before CD lamb and that's Swift and uh, Taylor.
1: I see. I think maybe it depends on landing spot, but if JK Dobbins and cam Akers land in good places, I would have no problem taking them ahead. Cause I think CD will go pretty early. So if he lands somewhere where I don't like his fit, um, I think I could definitely see myself doing something like that because I, those guys are going to go later in the first round. And sometimes I like the guys who go later in the first round because that normally means they're going to a contender and a good organization as opposed to somebody who goes early. You know what I mean?
2: Yes. Uh, See,
1: my only, my only
0: thing with uh, when when you're talking Cam Akers is I can understand your justification for JK Dobbins because at least the guy has had some receiving experience. I think with Cam Akers, what's, super polarizing about him is his ability to run the ball and his pass catching hasn't necessarily caught up with that ability to run the ball. And when you're talking about a PPR league, if your running back, can't catch a lot of balls out of the backfield, it does diminish the value that they bring, especially when you're talking uh, in a super flex league, when you could use those receptions in the backfield.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I uh, I think there's definitely a top four for the running backs in this class. Um, I think you know most people I think would have Dobbins ahead of Acres, and I don't have a problem with that. I think I I like all four backs, and I I might you know based on a depending on the landing spot, I might take all four backs before I take C D Lamb yeah, or, that's, or that was the stuff really because, because they might end up on the Raiders and Jets, and I'm not that hyped about that. But you, you know I could see the Buccaneers taking a, I think the Buccaneers are probably the most likely team to take a running back. I just feel like the, the shakiest starter in the league is Ronald Jones right now. Um, And I, I I think, you know, Kansas city, if anyone, if Kansas city takes anybody, then that, that player is going to skyrocket in value. And that's going to be really exciting if they go that route. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of interesting running back. See, the the thing is there's, there's uh, not that much demand. You know, I think I, I, this uh, we're going to see a lot of running backs taken maybe in the second and third round. Um, there might not be many uh, r- um, a running back taken in the first round because the depth that uh, these offensive positions is so good, teams can just wait and uh, get a competent player, a, a really good contributor.
1: Yeah, and I think also it goes to show, too, I think a lot of teams have been burned by running backs at this point as far as paying them and then either they're hurt or they don't produce as much anymore. Uh, You could think of tons of examples, Todd Gurley, Devontae Freeman, uh, you know, we can go on, but I think at this point, most teams, if they can get a guy in the second or third and build them into their system, they believe that he can basically be filled out um, and replaced in three or four years by another guy in the second or third or fourth or something like that. And just kind of keep doing the same thing just take a new rookie every two to three years and build them in your system. Essentially.
2: Can I ask you guys a, a question? I've, yeah. I've been trying to think about um, who I like more between these two guys, AJ Dylan and Clyde Edwards. Eler. Hmm. Okay. So for me personally, I'm a bigger Dylan
0: guy. I think Dylan. Yeah. He's a, he's a bigger back. You know, he does a lot of damage with his feet on the ground. But I also think that he has a he has an ability to catch the ball, which for me in the running back, not just in fantasy, but in modern day NFL, is super, super important. And my problem with Clyde is, is that I only can see him and view him in the same capacity I would look at a running back like Tariq Cohen or Naeem Hines. This isn't necessarily a guy who's going to pound the ball for you up the field. He's a third down back who's going to come in, and you know catch balls but necessarily how how does that affect his value when he gets on the field I think Dylan long term possesses a higher ceiling than yeah I think
1: I think that's a good point I mean obviously landing spot is determinant of this but I like Clyde more personally I think Edwards has more potential I get it you know he's a big pass catcher but in the right offense look at what Guys like Eckler and guys like CMC are doing in the league right now to give you kind of like maybe a little bit of insight of what somebody like Clyde Edwards could be. Cause I see more of a comparison to Eckler than CMC um, more than anything else. I think he could be that elite pass cashing back to, for a team potentially. And he could also run if you really need him to. I think he's the better prospect overall. And I think it really though really does depend though on these landing spots and I hate to keep using that as a crutch because but at the end of the day Clyde Edwards could be, I think is a type of guy that if he lands somewhere like Kansas City I would not be surprised if people are taking him for with the first pick in a put startup draft I mean in a, a rookie draft
2: yeah the, the landing spot is huge uh, I think you know if um, uh, if Edwards Elaire uh, ends up on the bucks uh, Tom Brady could as always. Oh my god. Minnesota yeah. Community. He just be the
1: next James White essentially. Like even better though.
2: Exactly. And that would be that would uh, bring great value to PPR leagues. Uh and then AJ Dillon, yeah, I I like him a lot. I I agree. I like his workhorse potential and I think he actually can pe- catch catch the ball pretty well. Um I think uh you know, he's like those two are the next tier for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well I well I have I have a you know the the top tier is is Jonathan Taylor and Swift and then uh the second tier and then but like there's a top 4 with oh, consists of two tiers and then after that it's like whoever you like I, I'm mostly taking uh wide receivers from the after that point um but but AJ Dillon is really interesting I think if he lands in a in a a, a good situation I'm definitely taking him in a top 10 for sure
1: no, yeah, I totally get it. I know we're all focused on offense right now, but I just want to bring up: there are a few, um, there are a handful of very good defensive players in this draft. Just want to get your thoughts on guys like Chase Young and Simmons.
2: Oh, I mean Chase Young. Um, I think he looks like a can't miss uh, edge prospect. Um, I just can't see this guy busting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could. I think he could walk in rookie season and get ten sacks.
1: Oh, yeah, easily. Um,
2: and, and I, and I, I think um, it's because I, I see a lot more refinement in his tape in terms of, like, the kind of moves he has. Um, you know, some some of these guys are, you know, edge rushers are so athletic, and some of them are so freakish that, you know, even if they don't have very good moves at the college level, um, you could see their skills translating really well to the NFL, and they're taken very high, obviously, because it's a premium position. It's a very important to get to the quarterback. But, um, but this guy, I mean, he's got the athletic ability, the elite athletic ability, but then he's also got some refinement in his moves. And I think just, you know, he, the ceiling, I don't know what the ceiling is. He, he could be um, the best as edge rusher in the league, but his floor to me is very high. And I don't know if his ceiling is going to be that, you know, there's a lot of good edge rushers in this league, but um, I don't see him being a bust, you know, and that's, He's a really safe pick for me. He's as safe a pick as an edge prospect can be in, in recent years. All
1: right. I would agree with that. I got, a, I got a fun question for you then. How early, let's say you're in a 12-man league with IDP, how early, if it's high scoring for IDP, are you willing to take Chase Young?
0: Now, let, let's just stress before you answer this. This isn't necessarily Kyle asking <laughs> because he's curious. It's
2: Kyle no, asking no, because no, he
0: wants no, to no, pick no, him. I'm, I'm, know I'm, I'm
1: honestly curious because I think Nick Boza last year went all over the map from what I saw. And he's the only person I could think of who, you know, from the last few years who had as much hype outside of like Miles Garrett, I guess, too, had a lot of hype around him, too, at the defensive end position. But I just want to hear your thoughts on it.
2: Luke's right. We're in like so many drafts together. He's just going to use his <laughs> knowledge all right, against All right, all right. right. I, 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 you know, like I, I <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I'll, I'll give you my opinion. Uh, uh I think uh early second is uh where I could pull the trigger if he lands. I mean, Washington is a good spot for him. I think they're I they're already it. a pretty good defensive team, and I think he'll have a decent amount of one on ones his rookie season. You know, i mean so. Um, yeah, I think it's a good spot and early second, maybe mid-second se- mid because this class is so deep on offense, you know, maybe mid-second. Uh, I'm not sure. It really depends on the scoring. Like how many – are we talking, you know, six points for sacks, you know, four or five points for a tackle for losses, you know. It's got to be meaty scoring, you know, for me to really take it.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get it.
0: I, you know what I'm curious about, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, is a lot of people, when you're talking defense for this upcoming draft, they're talking Simmons. They're talking uh, Young. I want to know an opinion on where you guys would value a guy like Derek Brown at Auburn uh, going into these drafts at IDP. I know the defensive tackle position, super hit or miss. And there's only really a handful of guys that really record big points for you. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, DeForest Buckner. So how would you value Derek
2: Brown going into a draft? Mm. Um, it. Kyle, you want you want to you want to take no, you,
1: you go first, man. Crack, take a crack at it.
2: Um, so, uh, Derek Brown, I I think this is a case of um, you know, the NFL uh, having a different value than obviously you know in fantasy and IDP. I think I would only take him, um, if it was a a, a defensive tackle premium league, um, and probably in the third round, maybe. Uh, You know, but but this is a guy that could that's could potentially go, you know, in the in the top 10 of the real NFL draft. And that tells you of the value he could bring to an NFL team. But Mm -hmm. in terms of IDP, you know, I'm really not taking defensive tackles in IDP leagues unless there is a premium on them. Well, with their scoring, like they get extra with uh, assists and tackles and sacks and, and whatnot Um, and, and even then I would, I would take Derek Brown, maybe if he goes to the Carolina Panthers, that could be a great situation for him because they really need someone in the middle there. Um, yeah, I could take him into, into third round, uh, similar to where, you know, I would take Ed Oliver in a, in a DT premium league, which I took him into third round last year.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think Ed Oliver is a nice comparison because I do think his future is bright in Buffalo. Um, I think with the D tackle position, especially, I just think, you know, uh, throw caution to the wind. I took a lot of Ed Oliver shares and he didn't have as productive as the first year as I wanted. And I get, he's a very good talent. Don't get me wrong. And he's going to have a very uh, good career. I just, you know, I would use a little caution with the wind. I know we're getting towards also, you know, the end of our time here, but just want to ask you two other questions before we wrap things up. Um, Just uh, off the top of the head real quick. Um, who's your best rookie pick uh, from the last few years, and who's your worst rookie pick from the last few years? And then we'll wrap it up.
2: Um, last few years, but uh, I really enjoyed uh taking Alvin Kamara and Juju Smith Schuster in the yep. second round yes, of a you lot did. of <laughs> um yeah that was that was fun uh i i really liked nick chubb a lot um i traded up to get him in a few leagues uh i i liked him even with the uh him going to cleveland and being you know behind carlos hyde which scared off a lot of people and so yes, i did found out found as a buying opportunity um but uh there's as for every uh you know, draft hit that I'm really excited about. I have just as many, you know, busts and I have to say a big one for me because the, that class was so deep at running back and so good. Um Corey Davis really burned me. Uh Gosh, you know, I just, it's, uh, I don't even want to talk about Dude, it. I, I get
1: it, man. <laughs> I took him, I think first overall in soul survivor, which we're in together. If you remember just a few years ago, cause I was mm-hmm. so high on him as well. And you know what? It's it's tough. I mentioned this, I think, earlier on the podcast, but I think that wide receivers have the highest buzz potential. I was reading somewhere uh, because of the fact that it's so hard for them to adjust from basically going 100 yards every game, every given week, basically, to learning a whole new offensive system, taking the next step forward, and basically facing a whole nother level of competition that they've never faced before in college. Like, you didn't really face – if you were maybe unlucky, you faced one or two NFL-ready quarter, uh, cornerbacks in your career at wide receiver. You know what I mean? And then you're going in and you're facing multiple – stacked corners uh basically across the board and sometimes if you're a good player you're getting double teamed on top of that so it's like it's a tough adjustment for guys like i think running backs one of the easiest positions to make that adjustment in.
2: yeah for sure um there's so much dependent on the the wide receiver and quarterback connection and um the the running back really uh doesn't have to learn much of the playbook uh, but the 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 wide receiver has to learn um, you know the nuances of playing with the quarterback. You know the, the nuances in a route running. There's just a lot more on on their plate. I feel like a running yeah. back is just more. They could adapt to a situation. They could learn a zone blocking scheme. They could get. I mean, obviously, it, it helps to have a, a history in a zone blocking scheme or a power power blocking scheme. You know, it, it obviously, but. But it's just, uh, I'm not, I am not—I don't, don't want to say it's an easier position, but it's obvious the way the, the NFL has valued the position that they see it as um, very replaceable. And yeah. so there's a reason for that.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, uh, that's about the end of our time. So I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, you have anything last to say?
2: Oh, man. uh We're we're close to the draft. Uh, I'm really hyped now. This was a a great pod. I'm glad you guys brought me on, and I'm excited to do more in the future.
1: Awesome. We're going to have a few marks after this, guys. Thanks.
0: All right, and welcome back. Uh, Special thanks to Shaheen again for coming on. For a guy who says he does not know what he's talking about the guy you know sounded pretty educated on what he was talking about definitely one of those kids in high school was like mother trucker i got an a (laughs) minus you know that's but you know what super happy he came on want to give another quick shout out to our new social media director uh lauren uh you know we brought on lauren she is by far head and toes smarter than either of us when it comes to social media and we're super glad to have her on the team if you want you can go follow her on instagram at lauren spelt l x w r e n that's lauren spelled l x w r e n
1: yeah i mean Summed it up pretty well. I'm very excited. Progress is going well. We should have social media set up by the end of the week, just so everybody is aware. Next episode is going to be on everything running backs, and we're going to have another special guest for you guys lined up that I think everybody will really enjoy. I don't want to ruin any surprises or anything, but he's pretty known in the dynasty community. And after that, we'll probably do a post draft analysis with somebody else. I'm not really sure yet, but you know, I just want to thank everybody again for the continued support and thank the first responders out there who are on the front lines right now now fighting everything day in and day out, including my own brother. So thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts, and we'll see you next time.